Welcome in Super Bowl edition of the Back and Forth Podcast. I'm your host, Stat Matt, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. And the big game is this weekend. We're finally here at it. The Chiefs taking on the Eagles in Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Glendale, one of those neighborhoods of Phoenix. Um, That State Farm uh, Stadium is located at the site of the Super Bowl. Just a quick reminder, make sure you do follow the show on Twitter at BackForthPod. Instagram is at BackForthPodcast. While you're there, give the official home for Back and Forth a follow. That being the Talk That Talk Media Company. Their Twitter is at TTT Media Company. The rest of our socials are spelled out at Talk That Talk Media Company. A couple big things today. We've got the Super Bowl and then all madness broke out in the NBA around the trade deadline per usual. But this year, maybe more crazy than normal. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you're in Phoenix, it's a it's a huge week for you. You, you have the Super Bowl this week, and you are able to get a, a Kevin Durant down there as well. So it's uh, if you're a Phoenix sports fan, it's a it's a pretty 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 good week. I mean, minus the traffic, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you're probably more than likely actually not going to go to the Super Bowl because tickets are pretty much uh, how do I word this? Not a not affordable for the average fan to go it's going to be just a lot of uh you know rich people there and it's 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 not really going to be a football at, football atmosphere when you're charging eight thousand dollars for nosebleed seats but anyway um yeah uh we'll start with the nba getting uh kevin durant obviously uh going to phoenix kyrie irving heading to dallas d'angelo russell heading back to the lakers westbrook Possibly going to Shanghai to play with the Sharks. Who knows? Um, Currently with Utah. Yeah, that's not going to... I'd imagine they'd probably buy him out. Um, Sadiq Bay going to Atlanta. Uh, Wiseman going to Detroit. James Wiseman, I should say, in case you didn't know. Going to uh, Detroit. Missing a few... Mobamba went to the Lakers. Mobamba to the Lakers. Um, those are pretty much the big ones out of the way. Um, John Wall goes back to Houston. Yeah, he's gonna get bought out though. Um, so he'll he'll be a free agent. Him, Westbrook, and Terrence Ross and uh, uh, Will Barton, all those guys will be uh, free agents heading into the to the buyout market. So we'll see what happens with them. But um, yeah, Brooklyn kind of deciding to fully blow it up, uh, trading Kevin Durant for Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and four unprotected first rounders, uh, then trading uh, Kyrie Irving to Dallas for. Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, I mean, I, I like I like the direction that Brooklyn's trying to go in. Uh, I feel like, you know, it has to be a little bit underwhelming or disappointing um, considering what they got for those guys uh, or what they sacrificed to get those guys. Um, you know, Brooklyn was a very young and upcoming team, a very fun team to watch with D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, all that, that young core that really um, everyone in the league kind of fell in love with. Um, Obviously, giving that up to to bring in guys like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, um, and then kind of losing them for what you got. I'm not saying they got fleeced in both trades, but you know, I mean, com- comparing to what the Nets were asking for KD this summer to what they actually traded for traded him for, definitely underwhelming. Um, they trade they turned down an offer of Jalen Brown, Derek White, and two first rounders to put it into perspective. Um, from Phoenix, they turned down an offer from. Mikel Bridge, five first rounders, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and DeAndre Ayton. Um, you know, so they, they ended up even getting less from Phoenix than what they originally had wanted. Uh, and Kyrie Irving, granted, he is uh, you know, um 
may be considered not reliable and health injuries and all all the whole nine yards, he's still a very talented player and he definitely makes your team better. Um, and you only trade him for fucking Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, that's not ideal. That's not – Kyrie Irving was traded, you know – Four years ago, for an, an all-star, Jay Crowder, a a top ten draft pick, and um, up and coming young players. So, like, compared to what he got traded for now, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely not. I'm sure what what Brooklyn um, wanted, but I think they wanted to get something for him than get nothing at all. Um, so, I, I like the direction the Nets are going in, though. Um, kind of getting clearly wasn't working getting that all the way i think they still got some decent players in return in dinwiddie and 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 mikhail bridges and uh cam johnson you get a bunch of draft picks and hopefully you know how to use those draft picks right and you make the right decisions with those and uh um maybe down the line and in five five years or so they can get back to uh being contenders in the eastern conference but for now i mean like they're still a playoff team i think they still got good spacing they got a lot of good shooters they'll be a fun team to watch but um you know, definitely not not title contenders by any means. You look at Dallas. Um, I mean, Dallas was my team, my favorite to come out of the West until Kevin Durant went to Phoenix. Um, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are going to be, a, a, a if they can both stay healthy and be on the same page, they're definitely going to be a headache for a lot of teams. Like, that is a, that's a top three duo. <laughs> that's that's an MVP candidate and, and Kyrie Irving. Everyone knows what Kyrie Irving is capable of doing. Um, you know, that's that that duo is going to give a lot of team headaches. And now looking at Phoenix, um, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, you keep DeAndre and Devin Booker once he gets healthy. Like that, again, is a, another dangerous team. Um, you know, we don't know what's in store once Golden State gets healthy. You look at the Lakers getting D'Angelo Russell. Um, and even that's not even the the big win of the the trade in my eyes. It was them getting Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Like those are two really and Mo Bamba as well. Like they're they're starting to get solid young players and start to prepare for the potential life without LeBron or AD. Like it's not just a bunch of washed up guys on their bench. They're getting a lot of good. They're getting a lot of you know youth in that locker room. And um, um, I like what the Lakers did on the trade deadline. I like what the Clippers went out and did and going and get Bones Highland. So the West right now is is completely stacked and i think in terms of the east pat riley's just washed i mean that guy hasn't that guy's been asleep for two years with with miami and just giving kyle Lowry a hundred million dollars and giving you know paying jimmy butler till he's 38 years old and you know not trading tyler hero for james harden like constantly just missing on opportunities here missing out on donovan mitchell um if you're a miami heat fan or obviously a player on the team you, you have to have some kind of level of frustration right now everyone around you is getting better and you've kind of just stayed in the same spot and if you really look at it, you may have gotten worse. You lose P.J. Tucker last offseason. So, um, you know, it, Miami kind of staying put, which was an interesting decision considering they're the sixth seed. Um, but but looking in the East, kind of, it, to me, it's just between two teams. Like, it's between Boston and Milwaukee. Like, uh, Brooklyn was in that conversation. And Kyrie and, Irv, Kyrie and Durant were playing well together and then one get, Katie gets hurt and then just it just fucking derails out of nowhere. So um, I think Brooklyn's out of that conversation. You look at Philly. Philly's a good team, but I mean I get it's a regular season game, but we can go back to two nights ago and Jason Tatum only scored twelve points. Jalen Brown was out. Robert Williams was out. Al Horford was out. And Sam Hauser and fucking Derek White absolutely lit up the uh, not the Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers and beat them. So I I don't even think Philly are contenders to be honest with you. Cleveland's fun. They're not contenders. Um, again, Miami, I don't think they're contenders. It's going to be between Boston and Milwaukee. And you look at the West, it's after the deadline, it's between 
about seven teams. Denver is still the best team in the West um, record-wise. So you have to look at Denver. Looking at Memphis, um, this is a team that had the best record in the conference last year. They're still second in the West right now. Um, Looking at Phoenix now, obviously, Los Angeles, both the Clippers and the Lakers and what they did at the deadline. Um, Golden State, this is the defending champions. They're going to get healthy and get back in a groove at some point, you would imagine. Uh, Phoenix, Dallas, like... There's seven or eight teams in the West that could realistically come out of that conference, and it's going to be the fact that uh, that half of that group is going to be going home in the first round. It's going to be crazy. Like we could really get like a, a Lakers Nuggets first round matchup, and that <laughs> put in perspective two years ago, three years ago, that was the Western Conference Finals, and this is going to be a first round matchup. Now we could very if the playoffs started today, we're getting Dallas and Phoenix in the first round. So um, there's a, there's going to be a lot of good teams in the West that. No matter how good of a second half of the season they have, they could very well be going home as early as as the first round. So we'll see. Um, the The NBA script writers are, are definitely doing a great job. So um, definitely in my lifetime, I would say is probably the best trade deadline I've ever witnessed. When you see superstar players like you know uh, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, D'Angelo Russell, and Russell Russell Westbrook all be traded within a seventy two hour span, like. That's insanity. And there's also a lot of good players that aren't on that level, like, you know, the Josh Hart's and the Sadiq Bays and so on and so forth. So uh, it just seemed like on the from when Katie got traded to 12 p.m. yesterday was just every every 10 minutes was something. It was. And for starters, I'll just put on the record that the Nets are full of shit. Um, when they traded Kyrie, the immediate question afterwards was, well, what about Katie? And all the reports said the Nets were very adamant KD was not available via trade. Like, the Nets basically made it sound like we're hanging on to KD till at least the offseason before we re-explore that avenue. Less than 48 hours after Kyrie's traded, Kevin Durant's going to the Phoenix Suns. So, for one, the Nets just flat-out lied to everybody. So, there's that. Um, Now, I do think what probably happened is Kevin Durant went into... Uh, the Nets front office um, and told the staff, you can keep me the rest of the season, but I'm going to be missing a lot of games because I quite frankly don't want to be here. And in hearing what Kyrie had to say his first game with Dallas, that's kind of the vibe that came out of it. Presuming that everything that Kyrie said is fairly true and accurate, that Brooklyn had turned into this kind of toxic environment that, you know, players kind of wanted out of then I wouldn't discount the fact that Kyrie wanted to get moved and Kevin Durant wanted to get moved. Um, As for Kyrie, I think this is a great move going to Dallas. Um, Kind of a dark horse nobody saw, but definitely a move Dallas had to make. Um, Mark Cuban can look us all square in the eye and tell us till the cows come home that, oh, Luka doesn't need help, Luka doesn't need help. Luka himself has hinted already multiple times this year that he would like some help on that roster. And not have to go out and score 60 points a night for his team to even have a remote chance to win. You bring in a guy like Kyrie Irving that helps with that. Um, and even just seeing the past couple of days, it feels like Kyrie might be in a little bit of a better headspace. Like he seems a mu- he seems much more happier. Um, you know, he seems more relaxed. He doesn't seem quite as negative or jaded, if you will, towards fans, media, etc. Um he, he's, he almost kind of seems like, at least in these past couple of days, kind of like the old Kyrie, where it's very 
happy and, you know, willing to go kind of the extra mile for fans and whatnot. So I think even after the Clipper game, he was like walking back to the hotel or something with the fans and all that. So um, definitely seems like a better situation for Kyrie. I do think that's a great move for the Mavs and the Suns. I mean, when they got Kevin Durant, as much as I liked what Dallas did, I think Phoenix won the deadline. Like Phoenix, you want to talk about a fast turnaround from where they were. I mean, this is a team that three months ago was facing DeAndre Ayton wanting to leave, um, a pretty disgruntled franchise as a whole. They were having to go find a new owner because their current one, or their one at the time, was a terrible human being. And in less than a month, they were able to find a new owner and score Kevin Durant. So I, I think if you want to talk about a team that won the deadline by adding Kevin Durant, the Phoenix Suns have now become, in my opinion, the favorite for the West. I think it's everybody's chasing Phoenix. Dallas is pretty close. Memphis is fairly close. But right now I think the front runner for the West is uh, Phoenix simply because, and this was a good point that was brought up, Kevin Durant's going to the Suns knowing he doesn't have to be a leader. He's got Chris Paul to do that. Kevin Durant can go to the Suns and just be Kevin Durant, the leading or the pure scorer that he's been his entire career. When you get Devin Booker back, I mean, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant alone is probably putting up 70 to 80 of the points every night for Phoenix combined. And we haven't even touched on DeAndre Ayton or any of the other pieces that are on Phoenix. And I mean, like Joey said, the West is incredibly stacked. Like, as much as I hate to say it, while the Lakers didn't get drastically better, they definitely they definitely did improve. Like their roster definitely made improvements. Now instead of a eleventh or twelfth seed where the Lakers are kind of dangling at before the deadline, this is a team that can make a case to get into probably the seventh to ninth seed area. I think they can come out of the play in tournament. And even if they get Dallas or Phoenix in the first round, I think that's a competitive series. I don't think the Lakers are that good enough to win a seven-game series with either of those teams right now. But I do think it's a competitive series. I think we see probably six really good games out of that series. And um, I, I think if you're a Laker fan, you have to consider that a win. You know, Considering what you saw the past couple of years and even the start of this year, I mean, they were I mean, the Lakers playoff success the last couple of years consisted of a play in tournament appearance that they were bounced in, like essentially, or, or they got past the play in tournament, but then Phoenix came in and swept them like there's not there hasn't been that continued success for the Lakers in terms of the postseason in a while. So the fact that you can now make a case that this team can get to the play in tournament, get out of the play in tournament and have a very competitive round one, if not maybe even get to the conference semifinals, depending on the matchup, I think is a huge step forward. I mean, given that you, they made a handful of moves just at the trade deadline. Right. And I mean, people are going to say like the draft picks are a big thing. I get that it's kind of odd that you would be trying, trying to trade 2029 draft picks. Um, that's what, like an eighth grader right now, seventh grader. Um, but I do think, I mean, if you're if they're the Lakers, that's probably the next year that you had a draft pick available to use. So you kind of have to use what you can. And 
I've always said, like, especially teams that are gearing up for championship runs, draft picks don't usually mean that much. Like, there's a reason if you look at what the Rams did last year in the NFL, they franchise or they basically gave away all their draft picks in exchange for veteran guys that were ready to go right away. And it worked out for them. They got a Super Bowl ring. So it just shows that if you get the right pieces, especially if they're veteran pieces, sometimes your draft picks don't mean that much, especially if you're a good team. You're probably not going to have a very high draft pick anyways unless you have, you know, done trades with teams that aren't that good and you have their pick or whatnot. Like, if you don't have a lottery pick or, like, a top 10 pick in the draft, it doesn't really mean that much in the NBA, personally. Like, you can have a first-round pick. If it's in the 20s, I mean, the difference in a first-round pick there and a second-rounder, not that much. Yeah, so definitely a very... uh entertaining tread deadline um and like 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 i've said probably probably the most active one uh i've witnessed it in my lifetime you know there, there have been a lot of snooze fest ones but but not this one the westbrook trade surprised me i for one i didn't know if the lakers could find a suitor for westbrook's contract now granted he's probably like you said gonna be bought out people even hinted that oh the clippers should bring him on as what, like a vet minimum? Like, I mean, they better not be paying Russ all that much money because he's not getting in the starting lineup. He's probably going to be in a bench role. So if you want to bring him in for like one year, 10 to $15 million, sure. But I wouldn't go more than a year, and I wouldn't go that much for Russ. I don't think he's going to get anywhere in the neighborhood of 10 to $15 million. He's going to get a, probably a minimum contract for the remainder of the season. Um, and then maybe he can have that fantasy of getting that kind of money the next offseason, but I think his days of getting paid are, are pretty much over. His last big payday is going to be this buyout he gets. Better, um, better enjoy it. Yeah, I better enjoy <laughs> it. And if I'm Utah, I mean, I'm, I would just, I would just fucking keep him. I just keep him on the team because he's got, he's got only this season left on his contract. Just keep him on the Jazz, play it out, or send him home. Unless he, unless he wants to play this year, I don't know. But I, I would just, I would just keep him. There's really no point in. And buying them out, in my opinion, it's just going to cost you money. But I do think it's pretty funny that he got traded to Utah, a team. That yeah, I would kind of want to see him just play a game. A with franchise the Jazz. that he's had quite a bit of problems with right. in, in recent years. Um, how about the Clippers getting Eric Gordon? That's kind of a reunion a, a little bit because Eric Gordon was a Clipper a few years back, and now with the John Wall deal, Eric Gordon gets shipped to the Clippers, and Reggie Jackson going to the Hornets in exchange for Mason Plumlee, I think. Yeah, I, I I like the the Bones Highland deal for the Clippers. I think that was the big win of the day for them. Um, he's just a good young player with a lot of potential. So I'm excited to see how how Bones uh, turns out with uh, with the Clippers. Um, and maybe Westbrook comes in and Westbrook can mentor him a little bit. Uh, I don't hate the Westbrook idea for the Clippers. So we'll see what happens with them. This this uh, these next few days with the bio market will be definitely entertaining. Um, but I don't expect a lot of buyout news on Sunday. No. Or any NBA news on Sunday. I uh, hope not. Due to the Super Bowl. Just give us a break. One day. You can have Saturday. You can have Monday. Leave Sunday alone, please, NBA. And and I'll be honest. I'm not looking forward to the Super Bowl. This is a, okay. snooze, this is a snooze fest for me. Um, we've got the Eagles taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. I hate all Philadelphia sports teams. I cannot stand the Chiefs. I prefer this game doesn't be played, but someone's got to win. Um, Joey's looking forward to the halftime show. That's the big excitement mm, for Joey. It is. I was about to say nah, but it's Rihanna. So I'm yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Riri perform. Um, ultimate Rihanna simp. But anyway, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> that and the commercials. That's all Joey's here yeah, for. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the yeah, Eagles taking on the Chiefs. I'm I'm gonna keep it short and sweet here. Um Mahomes is hurt. I don't think he's hundred percent healthy. Um this Eagles team, granted, I, I think I was wrong on them. Uh, you know, I called them frauds throughout the entire season. And uh they they've just been so dominant the past two weeks. Like they, they look locked in and zero in on this. I'm not saying they're gonna come here and blow the doors off the Chiefs, but I mean they seem ready. And um they have, I think, the most talented roster in the NFL. Nick Sirianni doesn't get a lot of credit um, for what he's been able to do with the Eagles. And and, and, and Jalen Hurts, um, you know, did not win the MVP, I believe. I believe it went to Mahomes, didn't it? Uh, yes, Patrick Mahomes won the yeah, MVP. Yeah, I, I, I should have gone to Hurts, in my opinion. Um, we all know Mahomes is a great player. Mahomes has, has won the MVP before. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a second-round draft pick who, you know, year one as a starter with the Eagles gets them the nine and eight in the playoffs. And then year two as a starter, they're playing in the fucking Super Bowl. Um, and Jalen Hurts has a lot to do with that. I understand football is not a one man sport, but Jalen Hurts absolutely has a lot to do with the Eagles recent success. Um, and to have that kind of success that early in your career is, is, is crazy. You know, you hear people giving Joe Burrow and, 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 and Josh Allen a lot of credit. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts deserves his flowers as well. He's had a, a fantastic start to his NFL career, and especially when a lot of people doubted him, you know, you get benched in the national championship at Alabama. They decide to roll with Tua. You go to Oklahoma, um, and you fall from a projected one pick to, you know, at the end of the second round. And, um, again, to accomplish what he's accomplished, uh, done a fantastic job. So I'm going to roll with the Eagles here. I think the Eagles uh, get a little bit of separation, not a complete blowout, but – as I said, they get a little bit of separation. I'm going to go Philly uh, 27-17. I'm going with the Chiefs. And something just tells me that, well, yes, I do believe Patrick Mahomes is hurt. Well, I believe the Chiefs are not what the Chiefs used to be in terms of talent level. They still got to this game for a reason. Um, and I, I do think Philly's path to the Super Bowl – you might, I mean, it, it kind of leads me to pause for a second because they beat what the Daniel Jones Giants, and at one point in time, the Christian McCaffrey QB led 49ers is what they resorted to because I think McCaffrey had played a little bit of quarterback either in high school, and they were like, Well, um, it's either you or, um, yeah, you. Um, so I do think. While Philly has looked dominant, they have looked locked in, and of course they can only play who's in front of them. It's nothing really against him, um, or nothing against the the Eagles. Rather, I think you still have to kind of look at quality opponent a little bit, um, and kind of take that into uh, take that into account. And quite frankly, I mean the the Chiefs have been here before. The Chiefs have been to this game before in recent years. Andy Reid has proven to be a very good head coach in this league, along with Nick Sirianni. I think Nick Sirianni, you could place him in that, you know, kind of young and up-and-coming coaches in the league with the the Kyle Shanahan's, the uh, the Sean McVay's of the world, those types of coaches kind of is where I I, I would put Nick Sirianni, um, who's going to probably have a lot of continued success with Philadelphia for however many years to come. I just think we're going to see Mahomes do Mahomes things, like where – People are like, he makes the most impossible plays. 
knowing that he's hurt, like he's going to probably go out and try to throw everything, including the kitchen sink at the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think it's a close game. I think he's going to throw a kitchen sink at the, he might, you know, Hey, football's kitchen sinks, uh, maybe the, the laundry or the, the washer, the dryer, maybe the bedroom, like he may throw, um, some family members at the Eagles, like he, whatever he can do to win the Super Bowl, I think Patrick Mahomes would entertain the idea of. Um, but all jokes aside, I do think Kansas City keeps themselves in this game, and I think it's a relatively high-scoring game. I feel like we know what the Eagles' defense is, but I think if Kansas City is going to win this game, they can they can win this game as a high-scoring game. That's how Kansas City likes to win: put up a bunch of points and you know kind of get them into a shootout. If this is a low-scoring game, though, I think the Eagles win. Like, I, I, it depends on kind of how this game's going. Like I said, I feel it's going to probably be a little bit more high-scoring, which is why I'm leaning towards the Chiefs, probably winning by, like, a field goal. Um, but two different styles. Like, if the Eagle defense can really shut down Kansas City's offense, the Eagles are going to have no problems here, I think. So um, my official pick, going with the Kansas City Chiefs, very slightly in what should hopefully be a somewhat entertaining game because if all we have to look forward to is the halftime show and commercials, it is going to be a long four and a half hours that the NFL is going to occupy. But that's our picks for the Super Bowl. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in to this week's episode of Back and Forth. We are back. Uh, hold, 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 hold. One, one more thing. Uh-oh. One more thing. Uh-oh. Huge shout out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's ruin that. Um, huge shout out. To the Lady Rebels. Absolutely. Um, 23-2, and two, I believe. After last night, Undefeated yeah. in conference play. Um, wasn't pretty last night at all, but they found a way to win the game. That's all that matters. They clutched up down the stretch, receiving 14 votes in the top 25 this week. I believe they got another game on Saturday? S- Saturday, I think, yep. Not sure against who, but they got a game this week. You win that, they could easily find their way. Uh, they should be. I mean, they should have been in the top 25, but right. yes. So want to give a huge shout out to them. If you haven't already, go down their next game, February 16th. It'll be at the Thomas and Mac Center, not the Cox Pavilion. They're going to be playing in the Mac. They should have been playing in the Mac all year. I think the teams probably should have might have swapped, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, huge shout out to the Lady Rebels. Uh, they got a game this Thursday, uh, next Thursday, I should say, against San Jose State inside the Thomas and Mac. So would mean the world to that team to, to see – you know, 5,000-plus fans there in the lower bowl of the Thomas and Mac. They're, so. they're easily the best show in town and, quite frankly, the most affordable show in town. Like, I mean, you look at what they were able to do for that Reno game. I said it before the game even started that I thought the marketing behind that game was perfect. I thought they, they advertised and marketed that game exactly how you're supposed to, make it really affordable for people to come, and they put out a great product to watch on the court. Like, it's a win-win situation I think you do a little bit more of that. Try, I mean, if you're if you're looking in terms of just fan engagement and getting people to your games, in terms of UNLV sports, the Lady Rebels have done a phenomenal job of that this year, hands down. Couldn't agree more. Uh, they've done a great job, and also again, team's done a fantastic job. Lindy the Rock. Uh, I hope she stays around for the long run, man. Um, you would, I mean, she signed an extension. She last did, year, but so. you know those 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 power five schools are vultures. Oh yeah, you know, they, they're 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 little fiends and they're they're waiting. So they got their, um, you can already hear the checkbook getting brought out and the pen starting to you know, scribble if, a little bit. If anyone's gonna get a million dollar contract, 
you know, it's it should be her. So she's she's done a great job. Uh, fantastic head coach. Um, just instant success from year one, and uh, she's continuing that trend. And month away from the conference tournament, so we'll hopefully uh, hopefully get back to back there. Um, but again, just wanted to give them a huge shout out again next Thursday. San Jose State would mean the world um, if they could fill that place up for them. And I mean, real quick tidbit of NBA news for anyone that really cares. Anthony Edwards, Pascal Siakam, and De'Aaron Fox are all all-star replacements. So I, I agree with all those names, so no complaints. None for me. Some, no. of, them, some of them probably should have gotten in over other people. So Yeah, I, I agree. I don't have any problems with those names. That's all for us here on the Back and Forth Podcast. We are back next week with plenty more to get to. We'll have a recap of the Super Bowl. Hopefully this game is better than what Joey is, hope, Joey is expecting. Um, if Rihanna has a really bad halftime performance... You can kind of just... Yeah, I'm, lo- I'm locked out. Once that halftime performance is over, I'm out. <laughs> Are you going to at least watch the first half, or is it just going to be commercial? I'll be, like, in and out of it. Okay. I'll be in and out. Okay. Hogwarts Legacy just came out, Matt, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what my schedule's looking like on Sunday. If it's you know, a... I've been, I've been, I've been you know, t- today's pretty kind of like a rest day for me, the first time in a week. Okay. Tomorrow, not so much, but Sunday, Sunday's like another rest day, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. When, if it's like if it's like ten to zero already, I'm gonna just I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna turn on some Hogwarts Legacy. I'll come back down at halftime. I'll probably rewatch the halftime performance a couple times, and then and then I'm checked for, out for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. And if it's I'm, let's put it this way, if it's a tied game with two minutes to go in the game, would you watch? How about, yeah, I'm okay. not, I'm not, I mean I'm obviously being I'm gonna watch the game. Okay, um, but I'm, I I will probably be the not as I, this is probably the, like. The least engaged I've ever been in a, in a Super Bowl. Fair enough. I, I just don't. I, I hate both of these teams, and um, it's sick to my stomach that one of these teams is going to win a Super Bowl. So I mean, they bet they're better off just putting Silverado and Liberty in this game, and just letting them play. Not not sure what the correlation is there, but but sure <laughs> to get some sort of interest from Joey. <laughs> sure. How about that? I don't think Silverado and Liberty is going to give me any interest, but uh, maybe. Uh, um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe Dallas and the Raiders would have been a better Super Bowl for me. Yeah, of my former team and my current team. It would be an ideal Super Bowl for sure. For I, you, maybe one year. Yeah. Maybe one year. Maybe one year that'll happen. Either yeah. either the the new version of me will be will be very happy, or like the nine year old Joey will be will be very happy. So it'll be terrible for the NFL because all the people are gonna be like, oh, it's the two most annoying fan bases playing each other. Great. Nah, Philly's the worst fan base. Yeah, Dallas is just like they just they're just. They just have people. People hate them because they have hope. Like they haven't won shit in fucking twenty years. Like let them let them dream a little bit. We all know they're not going to win, but just let them let them dream. That's all they're doing. Yeah. Let them dream. Let them have let them have the fantasy that they might win. Raider fans are just Raider fans are just in and out of jail. So <laughs> between sentences. Yeah. That's that's why that's why Legion Stadium might look a little empty sometimes because they're still. They still got, waiting for them to get out. They got to figure it out with the whole parole officer and all that. So, gotta, so gotta, gotta I don't know if that slack. means in my future I'm going to be. Oh boy, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, just just not a not a good Super Bowl. Philly Philly's the uh, definition of of trash, and Kansas City is is not too far off. I mean, th- th- these might be the worst fan bases when you really think about it. Wouldn't disagree with that. We're back next week with more on back and forth. Until then, enjoy your weekend, your Super Bowl weekend that is, and we will talk to you guys next week.